3: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If uh, if you want to participate, you can do so. 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so we're going to kick it off with Mr. Garrett.
1: Ryan, I'm going to remind you that uh, maybe if you do a road trip for all these invites that uh, people have extended to you, that you come south from Wisconsin Mm -hmm. through southern Illinois, visit your sister, stick around for a day in southern Illinois, visit those spots I told you about, go down 57, hit Memphis, see the guys there, then... Head on down to Texas and
0: visit Jersey Mike. It's a perfect road trip. Just a suggestion.
3: i know. Sounds good. You're just going to have to figure out how to uh, get Alaska mixed into that because um, maybe there's a way to do it where it's on the way, but that could be tricky. Or we just have a lot of, um, you know, places to fill in along the way. But we'll figure it out. We'll get a little road trip map put together.
2: Hey, Ryan. Jersey Mike again. Um, um so I think it was Daniel or David or something like that called in uh, about uh, you know, Rogers in the twenty ten playoff game versus the Falcons. And I implore you, man, go back and watch that game. Um and maybe you did. I don't I don't know if you did that. But like here's he he didn't say this specifically, but here's the difference um that I see in Rogers then versus Rogers now. And it was a zip on the ball. Like like, it, it wasn't just passing to guys, you know, in the system. It wasn't just doing what the system told them to do. No, Rogers, Rogers put some power on those balls. Thank you, Sneaky Um, <laughs> he, he put some power behind his throws uh, in 2010. And, and when I saw Jordan Love do that again in the Eagles game, and even in the, the Chiefs game, I mean, he was putting zip on that ball. That ball is moving with some haste. And then you not only have that, but then you got Rodgers who's able to move around the pocket, uh, you know, like, like he has legs that worked. I mean, so yeah, yeah, obviously it's a little, it's a little bit to go and say like, oh, Jordan Love can do that. But, but at the same time, Jordan Love can absolutely go out and do that. And so is it too far fetched to say, Hey, Love has been training under Rodgers, right? They both have really fantastic arms. They both are mobile quarterbacks. They're around the same height, around the same weight, and and now Love learned from Rogers quarterback coach. Is it absolutely unheard of to think that Jordan Love can do what Aaron Rodgers does or did before Rogers became washed up? I don't think so. I I I am one hundred percent thinking that that love can do all of these things. So I'm gonna temper my expectations and not expect him to be Aaron Rodgers, but quite frankly, I think he can be better than Aaron Rodgers. So just gonna say that. Just 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 gonna put that out into the ether. But anyway, uh go back up.
3: I'll say this without fully jumping on the bandwagon here. Um the good thing about Jordan Love is that he has an incredibly high ceiling. Right? How many I don't know how many times I can tell you about the uh happen homes comps and um i mean that that's that is the exciting thing about him that is the reason he was a first round prospect despite where he went to school despite the fact that he was a late bloomer and didn't really you know even get any real serious offers didn't get any d1 offers or anything like that um despite the fact that he needed a lot of work despite the fact that uh you know, 2019 was kind of a rough year for him, especially statistically. Despite you know all the other issues and all that going on, the reason he still was a first round prospect is because he had Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes' upside. Now, there is a massive difference between the amount of guys or or guys that sort of have that ability or have that look to them, and guys that actually become that. Um, so, on one hand. Yes, it's absurd to think that he could, well, I shouldn't say could, but it's absurd to think that he's going to be that guy, right? In other words, better than 50%. I know you're not saying that, but I'm, I'm, I'll put it that way. However, it's less absurd than some other situations. Um, I mean, there are certain guys that it would just be kind of ridiculous because they're, they're just not built that way. They play completely different the ability to create on the move and throw off platform and you know throw off your back foot no look all this goofy crazy stuff right rolling to your left throwing off your back foot between two defenders into a receiver I mean that's that stuff not everybody does and can do that's the stuff Rodgers could do that's the stuff that Pat Mahomes can do that's the stuff Jordan Love can do now again it's going to come down to consistently consistency it's going to come down to can you be that guy that can reliably You know, when you're down by six with a minute 48 left, are you the guy that we can believe is going to get the job done or are we going to roll our eyes and go, oh, geez, this is going to suck? How reliable are you in your superhero tendencies? You know, I mean, that's the thing when you look at, you know, despite how split we might be on Aaron Rodgers today, none of us were split on Aaron Rodgers in 2011. And the reason is because in 2011, we could count on him, play in and play out, Quarter in, quarter out, game in, game out the entire year. There was never a doubt he was going to show up. And he was going to be that dude. Right now I have doubts about Jordan Love. Because I've never seen Jordan Love display that level of consistency. And you could say the um, Eagles game, and that's fine. That's true. That was probably some of the, there was one other, I think, preseason game where we saw it. But that's the point. There were also the other preseason games where there was the inconsistency. And there's the inability to generally be consistent that has me the most nervous. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he can make some heroic plays, just like I have no doubt in my mind that Aaron Rodgers can still make heroic plays. In fact, he did in 2022. But you know what I'm going to do when people bring that up? I'm going to scoff and say, yeah, that's one freaking play, or two, or three, or four, or five. It doesn't. That doesn't make a season. I know Justin Fields can make plays, just like Mitch Trubisky made plays, and I made fun of both of those guys. Relentlessly. Jay Cutler was kind of a dog, and I mean that in a good way. But he also played like a dog, in the bad way, when he went up against the Packers. So I, I, I don't doubt Jordan Love's talent. In fact, I'm 100% positive that he has an incredible talent as far as what he can do with his arm and with his legs and the kinds of things that he is able to create. But I also know how unbelievably rare it is to be Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. So those are the kinds of, the, the two things that are kind of working against each other. He has the ability, but I don't know that he has the ability to do it consistently. And I hope he does. And, he, you know, and, and, and the thing is, the other side of the coin is, nobody has it at 100% consistency, including Aaron Rodgers. It's just a matter of to what degree are you consistent. Because I don't mind if Jordan Love has a bad game, or two, or even three, or even four. If he's 2011 Aaron Rodgers, but has four games where he plays like a dog... That's fine. I don't care. I mean, I care and I'm going to be annoyed in those games, but that's a lot of really good games. But what if it's eight games? Or what if he just rarely makes it through an entire four quarters, kind of like the Packers in general, where they just could never seem to string together four quarters? What if Jordan Love does like a really good, you know, first half, but just it just falls off in the second half? What if he just doesn't show up in big games? You know, you got like Kirk Cousins, he doesn't show up in big games, and certain people have these certain characteristics. I mean, even, even you know, you could call it the Packers, but you can even say Aaron Rodgers recently. Second quarter was great, but what about the first quarter? It was garbage. It was terrible. And Rodgers is a part of that. So you're, you're, you're definitely not crazy for thinking that it's possible. And you know, a lot of people would say that you are, because how dare you even consider comparing them? Well, the talent level is comparable. That's not really debatable. We've seen the throws that Jordan Love has made that are that style. That's why those comps came up with Pat Mahomes, because it's that, that same style. But we just got to see how uh, able he is to be consistent in that.
2: What's going on with
4: Omar Five find out how you hey. doing What's up? a minute? Uh, I really didn't have a, a lot to talk about, because I've been waiting on this daggone trade. Um, so I, I hit on that real quick. I agree with you. 100%, like, when they got the two second rounds, when the Jets got the two second rounds right back close, back-to-back to, back to each other, I was excited. I like, had to right, this you what happen." Because Rodgers, for two second-round pitches, is a steal to me. Yeah, that is a daggone steal. The way he played last year, I mean, and we kill a second round. That's good. We could find a good tight end wide receiver right there at both of those spots. So we help a lot. Um as well, if I could talk about the draft. Something else. If we just stay where we at, I'd rather we actually trade down. Unless there's like a starting tackle there at fifteen, I'd rather just trade down because all the talent seems to be late first round talent. And I don't wanna like draft somebody, you know, too early. So I'd rather trade back, get some more picks, even if it's a pick for next year, um, than just pick where we at and there's no first round talent there. So um My other topic I wanted to talk about was I remember you had mentioned about um, how you would like to look at my YouTube channel, watch I I review horror movies. Well, I stopped it because my uh, co-host that was like a friend of mine, um, she moved away to a different state. So, and then I got kind of a lot lot busy. um, So it was just something I did for fun, but it also reminded me of a movie that you haven't seen. Which is uh, called Brightburn. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's basically about if Superman came, but he was evil. So it's like it's basically a horror movie. Okay. And so like you know, Superman came and he was good. This one basically is is like he's not good. It's a teenage, it's a teenager, and he got powers and he like I'm doing what I want. Basically, it's a real movie. It's a horror movie. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Lastly. Uh, my YouTube channel, I don't know if I mentioned it, is, it's called, uh, Sid Horror Reviews. Basically, Sid was just initials for survive, injured, or die. That was how I did our rating system. So, like, if you survived, do a perfect movie. If it was, if you got injured, the movie was okay, not bad. And if you died, the movie sucked. So, it's called Sid Horror Reviews. You'll see a picture, a cartoon picture of me in, like, a Freddy costume. And, uh, my, my co-host, uh, looking like Loverface. She's looking like a leopard face. So if you wanted to check that out, I have to get a review of
3: Brightburn so you can look at that. All right, y'all take it easy. Go Pat. go. All right, cool, man. I'm going to stalk your Instagram here. Oh, I think I see it. Is it Brightburn? Is that what you said? Because I'm I'm on your YouTube channel, and I see what looks like a scary-looking Superman. No, you're not doing it anymore, but I'm going to subscribe to your channel anyways. You know, you guys could do like non-video and just do podcast stuff like this. And you don't need to worry about being in the same room together. Well, I don't think it's on... I have to pay for it on Amazon. I don't think it's on Netflix. I see it on Vudu here, but I got to pay four bucks, which is, you know, I mean, I could do it, but if I pay four bucks for every movie you guys recommend, you, you understand it's going to put me in a bind here. Oh, Pet Cemetery. I like that movie. Just looking at the uh, recommendations here. I forgot about that one. But anyways, man, if I see it, I'll check it out for sure.
0: Hey, Ryan. Steve up in last going with you, man? Okay. I'm uh, out doing my walk. So, yes, I will be a little out of breath. Um, but I uh, was listening to the show, and yeah, a fellow named Austin called in and was asking about which is better to be a fan of a tour, which is more difficult emotionally be a fan of a crappy losing team or a team that wins all the time. And uh, I agreed with uh, his friend and you, in that I'd, I'd rather be the band of the team that's good all the time. Uh, for years, living down, when I was back in Wisconsin, you know, down in Kenosha, you're close enough to Chicago, you get a lot of Bears fans, and supposedly, none of them liked me. Um, I never really did anything to them. The problem always was that whenever we started talking football, they tried to say something about the Packers, and I could always say something worse about the Bears. Mm-hmm. You
1: know,
2: mid nineties,
0: early nineties on. You could always say something worse about the Bears. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 better to be that winning team. I you know I'd rather see my team lose in an NFC Championship game, which sucks, terrible, talk. than you know we're sitting our starters down in in week fourteen or fifteen because the season's over and we're trying to save them for next year. That's that's just <laughs> it's awful. That whole process would be awful. So uh, yeah, I'll just listen to it. I'm, I'm on the side of the I'd rather be on a great team that just comes up short all the time than be on a crappy team that you know they make the playoffs. That's the best season that they've had their entire lifetime. All right. So I'll take it easy.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just repeat what I said yesterday. I think the pain of that loss is probably more painful than anything that a, for example, Bears fan would endure all year. But the cumulative pain of being a Bears fan is significantly worse than being a Packers fan. Now, there's probably a line you draw somewhere where you were kind of good, but maybe missed the playoffs as opposed to maybe being pretty good, but you know you're not really going to win a Super Bowl good, but good enough to get into the playoffs, and then you get embarrassed in the playoffs. You know, that might be kind of worse. Plus, you know, there's the whole draft compensation thing and everything else. You We can nitpick over that kind of stuff, but we, we can draw a pretty firm... Line between being a really high-quality team that has all the talent to win a Super Bowl but just can't seem to get it done and then loses in heartbreaking fashion and a team that just is garbage all the time forever.
0: Hey, Steve again. Uh, don't know if anybody got any calls in between, but I was listening to a uh, fellow talk about uh, shows that get canceled, you know, yep. and leave you at cliffhangers. And I agree with you guys, both you guys, because it's not so bad. Uh, my My number one... Example of that is Firefly. Um, it might be a little old for some of you, but that only had like one season. I guess they canceled it like halfway through the filming of the first season. So you get 13 episodes, and you're just getting invested in the characters, and you're just finding out that there's this huge evil conspiracy happening in the galaxy, or the, not the galaxy, in the solar system that they're living in. But, uh and then it just, it's just done. It's, just, it's all there is you, you get 13 episodes you know who everybody is and there's no more it's so upsetting um, it's such a good series you watch it I watch episodes again and again but it's just depressing because you know you're not going to get any more they, they did try to wrap it up with a movie but it, it just didn't work because you didn't really get a full explanation of anything and they just started killing off they killed off a couple of characters just to kind of and the whole thing, because now those guys are gone, and so you know that's all over with. Um, another one, another uh, example of that kind of thing is uh, um, Archer. I don't know if you've ever watched Archer; it's an animated deal. Um, but they uh, they ran that for I want to say it was like four seasons, and then they canceled it, and then it was gone for two, three years, something like that, maybe four, and then they they brought it back. They did a handful, not even a handful of seasons, they did probably like another three, four seasons, and then canceled it again, and then you had to wait a couple years, and they brought it back, and it's like, oh, you guys suck. (laughs) Because now now I'm just waiting for the next cancellation, and it's like, you guys are going to ruin it again. You just keep coming and going. It's just terrible. But yeah, myself, I'll, I'll go two, three, sometimes four seasons into hearing people talk about how great the show is before I'll even start it now. Right. Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into something that's season one. Oh, this is amazing. And then, you know, halfway through season two, they just end it. Or, you know, <laughs> sometimes they need to end some of them. I'm a, as a book reader, I'm a big fan of the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time series. And uh, Amazon tried to do a, a TV or a series on the books. And that first season of that was just awful. And I'm so glad they canceled it because I would have spent two, three years <laughs> watching the awfulness of it and just complaining about how awful it is but not being able to help myself because it's based on my very favorite book series. So there's an example of, oh, thank God they canceled that because I just would have died having to watch that garbage.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think the important thing is to just wait until it's done. Every All the most enjoyable things as far as watching things is when you can watch it all the way through i don't i mean it it's just even if it's not canceled it's just annoying when you're really getting into it and they're like oh yeah we'll uh, pick it up next year like what are you talking about next year dude you know how long that is why did i waste my time next year i'm not going to remember what happened i'm going to have to start over anyways so don't bother why bother starting it what's the point just wait until it's done Find out what people thought about it. And just run straight through it. And that way, if you want to get off the train, you get off the train. If you want to ride it, you get to watch it all the way through the... It's like watching a movie. And it's, you know, 30 minutes in. They're like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll finish the movie. Or at least do another 30 minutes of the movie next year. How about this? Tell me when the movie's done. And I'll check it out. Okay? Because, um, yeah, it's annoying. And it's, it's weird because... Well, I don't want to say that's how everything was, because I feel like TV shows back in the day, obviously everything was just... I mean, they played reruns, but you didn't really control anything, so you had to be there when the new episode came out. But I don't think they had a lot of TV shows that were, like, in order, you know? It was just a show that you could pick up whenever, you know, like X-Files. They were just individual episodes. You could pick it up in the middle, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, there's a little bit of a storyline in there somewhere. It doesn't matter, though. But now all these TV shows, everything builds off of everything else. So you kinda have to, you know, watch it in order. So again, tell me when you're done and I'll think about it. Cause yeah, it is it is so annoying. And I know I know it going into it, but I don't I don't think about it. It's like, oh, I wonder if this is good. People like Peaky Blinders, like, oh, people said it was good. I don't know, I'll turn it on or something. You turn on, you really get into it. And then you're ripping through like two seasons, three seasons, and then you realize that's it until they do another season and then you're beholden to them because it's like they may never you know they may not do anymore you never know they might just cancel it they might not do so now now you're on edge to find out if they're actually going to run this thing back and do another one or not nah i'll just i'll just wait
5: hey man it's jimmy hey. it's been a little while um <clears throat> i just wanted to call in i've been uh tuning in faithfully and uh i had some answers i think i think they're answers. Um. You're you're confused about um, how people can feel the way they do about Jordan Love and how they can have think he's garbage and also have uh, you know hold it over his head that he now has to prove himself and and uh, whatnot. It, I think it all comes down to uh, people. And maybe you already know this. It is obvious, but I think they just hold him as completely irrational. So that's why you're so confused, and mm-hmm. there's like no logical explanation. Right. And maybe that's where you're running into a wall that here. It is not conclusion. based on logic at all. I think it comes down to the fact that they hold Jordan Love the uh, as a symbol of uh, all the ways the Packers wronged Rodgers. Right. He is the uh, draft pick that was not supportive. He is the chip on Rogers' shoulder that earned him those two MVPs, and without that, he would have been gone a long time ago. Right. Uh, And now he is the reason that we are getting rid of Rogers. Mm. I mean, all of those like air quotes, big fat air quotes, and all that. Though I think it's somewhat true. let me me clarify there's like this the whole confusing thing about it right there's truth in each of these things but then it's like what do you do with that thing so in other words it was totally the right call to draft jordan love as you pointed out there's no way they'd be prepared and we would not have a quarterback if we hadn't drafted jordan love so it was the right call that is true it is also true that pissed rogers off and caused him to focus and become an MVP again. So that's yeah. true, too. And it's also true that we gave him that contract because we didn't have any choice. Because he was back-to-back MVP. And what else are you going to do? So all these things are true. And that's also true that it's the reason we have to get rid of him, because of the contract <laughs> combined with the fact that he stopped playing well. So, you know, I don't think two kids wanted to give
3: him that contract. It's almost like... You know, I mean, Gutekunst is a guy that has to make the decisions, but it almost just feels like he's been holding on for dear life, you know? I mean, he, he made a decision that, as you and I uh, would agree, was the right decision at the time to draft Jordan Love, and he's just kind of been holding on for dear life ever since. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like his decisions have been made for him because every decision comes down to, well, what else are you going to do? Like this isn't, I understand this isn't what you wanted to do, but you don't have a choice, right? So you got to do it. I you know, fine, I guess we got to keep him. Well, I know you don't want to give him this contract, but you got to do it. And I know maybe this isn't the way you, but, you know, look at the contract and, and look at Rodgers. And I mean, this is what we got to do. I mean, he's kind of just doing the only thing. I mean, he's, he's just sort of executing the plan that's being laid out at his feet. And you could disagree. You said, no, he could have done. It. Yeah, he could have. I, I think. It, I don't know. I, again, in hindsight, should he have given him the contract? I mean, from this again, this is where it's it's there, there's two different ways to answer the question. From where I stand in the future, no. From where I stood then, I don't know. So it's 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 a different. I don't want to say definitely he should have given him the contract because I don't know if I even necessarily supported it at the time, even with the two. MVPs. But I do understand being in a situation as a GM where you have back to back MVP Aaron Rodgers who's motivated and ready to play, and Jordan Love has not shown that he's turned the corner yet. And Aaron Rodgers is saying, I would like a contract that shows some level of respect toward me. And if you say no, and Aaron Rodgers walks because you choose not to support Rodgers with the contract, which again, the fact that he never supported Rodgers, good freaking lord, have you seen the contract he was given? but he walks because you wouldn't simply give him a contract that isn't structured in such a way that the Packers can just dismiss you at any moment. You're going to get crucified, and then Rodgers is going to go somewhere else, and there's no reason to assume he wouldn't go somewhere with that same chip on his shoulder and just tear up the league somewhere. And then you go on with Jordan Love, who, again, has not really shown that he's been able to turn the corner. So now the guy that you drafted is playing like garbage, while the guy that you let walk is going out competing to win a Super Bowl. It's not exactly it's an option but it's kind of not an option at the same time. So yeah, it is it is kind of weird. Um and again, it, it it it's almost part of the reason why I'm excited to move forward because it just feels like there's more clarity. Because it's been such a just up and down like things are bad, we got to move on. Oh wait, things are good. Let's let's go all in and then oh wait, no, let's kind of we got to the future, and he's gonna leave, but he, but what if he stays? Look, let's just reset here, right? Young quarterback, young team, young receivers. Let's just get a clearer picture of where everything is because this up and down stuff, even as people pointed out, like, are we all in or are we building for the future? Are we, you know, we're, we're gonna spend all this money to bring everybody back, but then draft a quarterback? Again, I, I don't think it's that simple. I think it's as far as like one vision only, can only do one thing. I don't think that's true. But still, it that is still sort of a, what do we do? And I, I just think we have the opportunity now to get back to being what the Packers have always been. And that's going to annoy a lot of people because a lot of people don't want that. They like the all in, let's go get them thing. But the fact of the matter is they didn't really enjoy it. We did it. We didn't win. They pissed and moaned about, well, then you didn't actually do it. And it's like, well, yes, we did, and it didn't work, and you hated it, and it sucks. So, whatever. Now we get to go back to being the old boring Packers who um, focus on draft and develop, pay a bunch of money for the superstar players. We end up having quite a few of them, generally, because of you know the whole drafting well thing, despite everyone crying that we don't draft well. But um, the fact that we don't have money because we're paying superstar offensive linemen, pass rushers, corners, et cetera, et cetera... Um, and that's the reason we don't have money to go all in and just blow a bunch of money in free agency like actual bad teams who actually draft poorly and actually don't have any talent. So we get, we get to go back to being the old boring packers again, I guess would be the good thing.
5: Actually just had to. He didn't have any choice. It would have been would have been ridiculous to trade the back to back MVP uh bold and i think would <laughs> have been really exciting and interesting but uh like ridiculous would have been questioned forever anyway uh last point i feel like i've made it but i haven't heard it and maybe i'm just missing it uh the moment i i fell in love with jordan love or maybe that's a little strong but through the confidence i saw his little tongue sticking out <laughs> and he was dropping back to pass and he looked like he's meant to be a michael jordan
4: yeah.
3: So
5: uh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's giving us a different conversation. Uh,
3: go, Paco. Yeah, I just think the whole thing's annoying because it's dishonest. Everything is built on, I hate Brian Gutekunst. And so we can't just look at Jordan Love and, and call the situation what it is. I mean, and it's the same people that cannot let Kevin King go. right? It's the same people that just, it doesn't matter what it is. They will never let, I'm surprised they're still not pissed off about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, you, you want to talk about Entitled Town, that's it. I was I was owed a Super Bowl, and you stole it from me because you didn't do the one thing that I wanted you to do, and if you would have done what I said, we would have won a Super Bowl. You ruined this for me, All right? I mean, it's such a, like, selfish to its core. I was owed this Super Bowl. It's funny, on Twitter, just a little while ago, I had uh, different people arguing with me, but they were both saying completely opposite things, so I just let them... Fight it out, all right? One guy saying we were only one player away and then somebody else swoops in and talks about all the flaws with that team and how bad Gutekunst was. And I was like, I tell you what, you guys hash it out. <laughs> Let's go ahead. We were just one player. Were we just one player away because we had an elite roster from end to end? Or were we a completely garbage roster who didn't have any talent and one player wouldn't have made the difference? You guys figure it out. Not my problem. Figure out which form and fashion you choose to piss and moan and cry about everything. But again, the Jordan Love thing is just dishonesty. Everything hinges, my entire reality as a Packer fan, think about that. Their entire identity as a Packer fan is to feel that they were robbed and, and the person who did the robbing was Brian Gutekunst. And you're right, The entire, the entire, everything hinges on Jordan Love. Everything. Because there's, there's not really one other inflection point. I mean, they can piss and moan about some seventh-round pick that didn't go the way that they wanted or the fact that there haven't been the numbers that they feel that they've been entitled to of of superstars that have come through. Again, refusing to look at any other team and pointing out anything else. Again, another guy coming in crying about the ride. And I wanted to continue to engage. We'll focus on that tomorrow. But, you know, have you looked at the 49ers? Well, Kevin King was trash. Have you... Tell me the best DB on that 49ers team that beat us in 2021. Or how about we talk about the fact that it was Jimmy freaking Garoppolo at quarterback when we had Aaron Rodgers. But again, you know who's not pissing and moaning about their how deprived they've been by their GM? Every other team. Even the freaking Bears love their GM. The Vikings love their GM. The Lions love their GM. Those teams haven't done jack. Their GMs haven't done anything. Gutekunst has, and he's the only one, and as far as I can tell in the entire NFL, that gets questioned. And most of these other GMs, the second they get questioned, they get fired, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. I don't don't get it. It's just this completely, ridiculously flawed notion that if you have Aaron Rodgers, you should just win all the Super Bowls. And it's completely fake. And again, the only way you can have that idiotic opinion is if you just will not open your eyes and look at all the other really good quarterbacks and how they're not winning Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls does Josh Allen have? right? One of the best GMs in all of football, the Buffalo Bills, has one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. Why is he considered one of the best GMs? It's the exact same situation as Green Bay. Hall of Fame caliber uh, quarterback, one wide receiver. He's not going out and getting... What, what's he doing in free agency? Is he getting Odell Beckham? Why not? Why isn't he getting crucified for not getting Odell Beckham? He didn't get Julio Jones. Where's their Super Bowls? Why is Bean considered one of the best GMs in football? But Gutekunst is considered complete garbage. And I I get it from the standpoint of Packer fans who just want to piss and moan and don't want to actually look at information or what everybody else is doing, but why is the national media buying into it? The only thing I can think is because Packer fans are screaming about it so loudly and Aaron Rodgers is screaming about it so loudly, and it's a fun little thing. But nobody knows just, again, it's very simple. You need to create a standard. you got to create a standard. What is good and what is bad? And then you use that standard to judge everybody else. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to create a standard for what is actually good. How many hits is a good draft? What about the quality? What about where they were drafted? Have you built any kind of a, a, a model and looked into it? And then and then I want you to re- look at that again, because I don't think there's any model you can build as far as drafting that puts Gutekunst as low as everybody says he is. I, that... Guy on Twitter, whoever he is, I don't remember, apparently he's a Bears fan. He's got a YouTube channel. He loves picking on the Packers. Said that Gutekunst is like the 30th best GM or something. There, there isn't a single metric you can build on planet Earth that would put him 30th. Not one. But again, it's just it's just pure dishonesty. If I acknowledge that Jordan Love looked good, then that would be me acknowledging that maybe my entire existence as a Packer fan has been a lie. And it, it, listen, it is a lie. You know how I know? Go back to 2020. Did you believe we were going to win? Because I did. And I know you did. Everybody did. Why? Because you know damn well that we had the best team. You know for a fact that we had a powerhouse that was ready to win a Super Bowl. So don't freaking sit here and lie to me and say that you went into that going, "Ah, we're just not good enough, we're just not going to win. Bull crap. We believe we were going to win because we were good enough. And then as soon as we lost... Well, that's, that's that's on the GM. No, it's not. Because if it was on the GM, first of all, we wouldn't have gotten that far. And second of all, you wouldn't have believed we were going to win a Super Bowl. It's only after we lose that suddenly it becomes the GM's fault. GM's great when we're winning. And then as soon as we lose, up oh, he's a failure. No, that's not how that works. The players that are there, the players that got you 13 wins, the players that gave you the confidence, the players that made you believe they are there because the GM put them there. Their inability to step up and win football games... That isn't on the GM. That's on the players. That's on the culture. That's on the locker room. That's on the coaches. The only person it's not on is Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, the two guys that some fans want to blame for all the problems in Green Bay. Those are the only two guys that are not to blame. And so now we got to sit here and pretend we're having these intellectual discussions about what's right and what's wrong. And it's not. It's all, by, it's all based on bias. It's all just bias. Everything G- Brian Gutekunst does is wrong and stupid. Why? Because I just I can't give him credit for everything. Because my entire existence has been to blame him for everything. And if he ends up being a good GM, then maybe I'm wrong, and and maybe it's not the GM's fault. And gee golly whiz, maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers has some level of culpability in some of this. Because again, remember, behind all of this is Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback that's ever existed. And this guy, you you could just stumble into Super Bowls with him. So you must be the most inept. GM in the history of the world if you didn't win Super Bowls because again I mean it's just it's just automatic with a guy that's that good but if that's not true then that means that Rodgers maybe isn't that good which hate to break it to you is not because nobody is. Nobody's that good that they just you just stumble into Super Bowl championships and victories. But yeah if you actually go back and look at it and look at the teams that we played and all the flaws that they had, all the weaknesses that they had at a bunch of positions including quarterback but you know what they still won didn't they? They showed up. And then you go back and look at the last five years and specifically how Aaron Rodgers has played and see that four out of five years the guy didn't show up. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that, though. We just want to blame Kunst for not getting T. Higgins, right? It's lazy. It's boring. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break. We will come back on the other side and, uh, you know, talk about some more stuff. and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
5: Follow-up <clears throat> Follow up thought. Yeah. Um, what really frustrates me about all this... And uh and if I were a less couth man I might say it just freaking pisses me off. Yeah. Is that there's so many small men involved in this thing. This could have been clean and easy. This could have been it seems like everybody understood, you know, what page they're on. And uh and, and I'll just you know, just the one anecdote that kind of encapsulates it for me and, and you talked about it before, but it's it's even like You know, Roger's going on and talking about Rossini and not remembering her name and, like, you know, making it seem like she's making something up when fact was that, you know, she reported something pretty accurate. Someone else spun it a little bit, and then he spun it more to be, like, an indictment on him. He's just so Trumpy, and I don't want to get all political on the sports thing, but, you know... I don't Man, mean. he's just, he just, he's like a gaslighter. And, uh, like, I, I, I want to like our heroes. Sometimes it's really hard. So I try to check my, my, uh, you know, hero worship at the door and just, just hope they play good football. But, uh, but, but, but I guess I will say, you know, to tie it back into love, um, so good. So good to see him out there running around with, with guys and really caring. And it just, it just does feel, Um, I think we've all grown a little, like, callous over the last few years of, like, almost success and then not, and seemingly at the hands of a guy who just doesn't seem to care as much as we do, as weird as that sounds. So it's good to see a kid fired up (laughs) to do a thing, the the thing that we are all, you know, living for. All right, once again, go back, go.
3: Yeah, and kind of on that point, you know, as far as, I'm kind of hijacking it going back to my last point but I, you know, it's what I do. Um as far as, you know, Rodgers not caring. Again, the 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 hypocrisy of all this. The same people that want to tell me we're one player away. We were we were right on the cusp, right? Are the exact same people who want to tell me that they're not bothered even a little bit, that Rodgers shouldn't have to do anything. He doesn't need to show up training camp. He doesn't need to talk to his young receivers. I mean, he shows up out of shape, so what, or the reporters are lying or all this. He goes out to Hawaii and plays guitar and does drugs rather than actually training and working out. No big deal. We're talking about being just, just so close to being there, so close to getting over the hump, so close to being something special, but not quite being good enough. And this guy has had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to just give a little bit of a crap and has never done it at any stage other than when he's required to. And even then, it sounds like he does more pissing and moaning than everything else and spends more time sabotaging the locker room by throwing everybody else under the bus rather than actually building relationships. But yet again, we we, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about how he could have done a little bit more. We only want to talk about how Gutekunst did a little bit more, could have done a little bit more, right? In other words, he should have overcome the players not showing up. He should have overcome all the problems that have been created by the players by not giving a crap. It's not just Rodgers, it's a lot of them, but apparently that's the GM's job. You should have so much depth of talent. Not only should you be better than everybody else, but your backup should be better than everybody else so that when all your guys go to crap, then the backups can apparently step in and just, just overcome. You know what I mean? So, so 50% of the Green Bay Packers is still better than 100% of the playoff 49ers. That's how good the team should be. Rather than just staring the problem right in the freaking face. There's, there, are, there are people on this team who are putting in the work. I know the head coach is putting in the work. Maybe he's not doing a good enough job. That's that's true. That's true that that's an option. The GM is putting in the work. We know that. The guy doesn't take days off. He he's, he's works year-round, round-the-clock. He's doing that now. He's putting in ridiculous hours. Maybe he's not good enough. I don't know. But we know he's putting in the work. You know who I know is not putting in the work is Aaron Rodgers. You know how I know? Because when we bring it up as an option, he laughs about it. And all his buddies, all these rich, multi-millionaire friends of his and retired football players laugh and chuckle at the idea that you should do anything more than the bare minimum. They laugh. It's a big freaking joke. That's how I know. But we can't talk about that. It's the GM's job to overcome the failures of this quarterback who's so great that we should just win automatically despite the fact that, again, four out of five years, he didn't show up. But the GM should, should know enough to overcome that. He should get a wide receiver that's so good that even when Rodgers is playing bad, the ball just magically appears in his hands, and then he runs for touchdowns. That's what you expect bare minimum from a, quarter, from a GM that isn't garbage. This is so fake and stupid. And you're right, it's, it's, it's petty. And as much as it's entertaining, this power struggle between the team and the quarterback shouldn't be a thing. There is no power struggle. You're a freaking quarterback. You don't get power. You don't get control. And when you get to the point where you feel that you're entitled to it, I think we've come a little bit too far. And you know what they did? They relinquished some power. Why didn't he get more wide receivers? We did. We got all the wide receivers Aaron Rodgers wanted. And then we drafted wide receivers, and he didn't want them. Well, you should have got the free agent. Who? (laughs) Excuses after excuses after excuses after excuses. The amount of excuses that are made. But yet, (laughs) Gutekunst... The big knock on him is that the team isn't perfect. Look at the holes here. So? Well, it's a hole. So? What do you mean, so? It's bad. Okay, what's the standard? Are there teams that don't have holes? Well, I don't know. That's the problem. You don't know. You don't think. You don't look. You just want to blame. And any issue any deficiency you can find anywhere you throw it at him as proof that he's the problem and you know what the pro you know what really sucks if we replace Brian Gutekunst you know what's going to happen we're going to get another GM and he's not going to fix this he would not have gotten a Super Bowls he would not have made the team magically show up in those playoff games and you know what rather than putting the blame where it actually belongs it just would have been Mark Murphy's fault Mark Murphy got the wrong GM. He's, he's an idiot. He doesn't know how to run. And we would just deflect and deflect and deflect and deflect and deflect. And like I said, we could have drafted T. Higgins. It wouldn't have made a difference. The team didn't show up. What are you going to do? Quarterback doesn't show up. The offensive line's hurt. The pass rushers can't pass rush. Offensive line can't block. Nobody can do anything. What the hell is T. Higgins going to do in that environment? Nothing. The great and powerful Aaron Rodgers can't do anything, but T. Higgins can. Okay. And what GM should we? would you suggest that we replace him with? And do what? And how will things get better? Is, is this new GM going to spend a bunch of money we don't have and magically get you all the free agents that don't even exist because you don't even c- cite who you want? You just want there to be this magical big-name free agent that fixes everything, and they're going to spend magical money that doesn't exist on this fictional free agent that you want, and they're never going to miss in the draft ever? This This is the fictional reality you live in? Who is this person that can do that? Because they sound amazing. They don't have a job yet, but it sounds pretty great. But again, it's not even—it's not even that I expect perfection. It's the fact that I expect perfection, and then I call it like the bare minimum. In other words, if you aren't perfect, you're the worst in football. Jeez, it's—it's—it's it's, it's so diluted. It's—it's it's insane.
1: Hey Ryan, um, I called on Monday. I don't know if it somehow didn't go through, or maybe it just uh. Got skipped accidentally, but either way, the point isn't that it's fine. I can call again. Um, Just sorry, dude. I haven't checked the line since Monday, so this was as of Monday. Um, I I called because I was looking for wind totals for the year um, on FanDuel, and they didn't have them up yet, but they had a prediction. They had the division winner stats up, and the Packers had the longest odds to win the division, Um, which I just thought was absolutely. Hilarious. Um the fact that the Bears won three games last year. And because we're expected to lose Rogers and move on to love, we're now last behind them, behind the Lions, behind the Vikings. Like, I just think it's such a joke. Um I mean I get it, I don't think we should be the favorites to win the division, but last is just it's just absurd to me. Um and so you know it was like plus four ten or something I see like a couple bucks. You know, could, could win some money if we end up doing that, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, the thought process is ridiculous. I mean, anyway, just thought I'd let you know. They're yep. producing a face to get last in the division. In the betting world, which you always, uh, you always point out that Vegas doesn't want to lose money, so they're probably the most accurate, but I, I don't know where they're getting this from. Go, back, go.
3: Yeah, I I would love to know the the thought process. I mean, I I think there are um, a couple of assumptions that are made that I, that are I just generally disagree with. And and number one is the assumption that is made seemingly by everybody and half of the fan base, and that is the Packers are a garbage team that has been dragged around by Aaron Rodgers. And so once Aaron Rodgers leaves, the team goes to zero. That's number one. And then from the Bears side, it's the assumption that jordan uh, uh justin fields is actually a really promising quarterback and they just needed to get him some help and they're going to get him some help and so they're obviously going to get better i mean they have to because if the assumption is they're going to win three games again i mean it would be silly to assume the bears are going to be or the packers are going to be worse um so the, yeah there's just this and i think even if you look at the odds that that's kind of what it's reflecting because it's not even that different it's it's the Packers are, if you look at their record, I don't even think it's that unreasonable. I don't remember what it was. Seven wins or something like that. And the Bears are projected eight, maybe. It's all very close. I think the Lions are projected like nine. So it's like six and a half, seven and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half or something for for the win totals. They're all very close. I think the Bears and Vikings are basically tied. I, again, I don't agree with it. Um, but at the same time, if you think about it, do, do I expect... It, 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 do I expect the Bears to win three games? No. Do I expect them to uh, win more games because Justin Fields is actually elite? No, I just think it's hard to win three games. like you you have to be a special uh, amount of suck to lose three games. Bad teams accidentally win five six games all the time. and I could certainly see the Packers um, winning roughly in that seven eight game range. So so the point is like I could see them kind of being close. so it's not all that crazy. But again, if you just compare them side by side, the Bears have what? Better tight ends and safeties? What else? Not corners. I don't think linebackers, but maybe. I don't know. We'll see what Devondre can do and Quay can do. They did pay a bunch of money for linebackers, but they're not very good linebackers. They don't have better edge rushers. They don't have better defensive tackles. They don't have better offensive line. They don't have better running backs. Quarterback is a question mark, which again, everybody just assumes that Justin Fields is significantly better than Jordan Love. But um, again, from my perspective, and granted, there's, there's he provides value outside of just throwing. That is a reality. I'm not going to completely discount that. But the fact that he is literally the worst thrower of the football in the NFL right now, with Zach Wilson presumably not starting. Based on last year's stats, he is the worst in the NFL. It's not a high bar. I'm not sitting here saying Jordan Love's going to be a Hall of Famer. That's how I know he's going to be better than Justin Fields. No, I I just have faith that he's going to be better than 32nd. And so that's where I would would love to just have somebody sit down and explain, like, who has a better offensive line? Do you really think it's the Bears? Because all I've heard is everybody crying about how uh, Justin Fields needs a better offensive line. He's running for his life and all that. So I'm assuming it's the Packers, right? And they lost David Montgomery. So is it really debatable the Packers have better running backs? I don't think so. Oh, and wide receiver. I forgot about wide receiver. They they presumably have better wide receivers, although they have god-awful wide receivers and just added DJ Moore. And again, DJ Moore is like maybe ranked like 33rd-ish. And so you can call it pie in the skull. Yeah, you're just a biased Packer fan. Listen, I don't think it's impossible that Christian Watson could be better than 33rd, which is to say I think he could just be a baseline number one wide receiver. 25th, something like that. By the way, Romeo Dobbs could too. And yes, they have more quantity, but we've already established that everybody else that is a wide receiver for the Bears is bad. But if you want to give them the nod, it doesn't even matter because it doesn't really tip the scales all that much. Marginally better wide receiver group. They have better safeties and a better tight end in Cole Komet than than what we have in Josiah DeGuara. That's about it. So while I can look at the records and say, you know, I could conceivably see him getting there, although I think the Bears are slightly overinflated, I don't see how they jump up quite that much. I could see them all roughly being in that range. I don't think anything is that crazy where everybody in the NFC North is around between, you know, six and nine wins. I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, it depends independently what you think. I mean, are the Packers really going to fall off? Or the the other way is if Jordan Love is, is actually a pretty solid quarterback, how good could they be? They certainly could surpass nine wins. But I think it's safe to assume that just based on the amount of question marks that they fall in that range. Chicago, again, even if you don't think that they're going to improve all that much, six wins is not that crazy. The Vikings, you know, I mean, who knows with the Vikings. I, I don't see them losing uh, or winning less than six. They certainly could win more. I mean, they did it last year being a bad team, but, you know, do they seem somewhere to be in that six to nine range quality of a football team? I think so. It's tough when you got uh, Justin Jefferson and, and uh, Kirk Cousins, though, to, to, I mean, put some people away. Oh, the defense was so bad last year and he didn't really get better. I mean, it was like the 32nd ranked defense. And then the Lions, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe they take a big step forward. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I mean, we've been bragging about them for so long. They haven't even made the playoffs once in this tremendous run of just being this dominant, great powerhouse, blah, 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 blah. They haven't even made the playoffs once. So, I, again, when you look at the records, um, I don't think any of them are that unreasonable. But when you see them stacked in such a way that the Packers are behind the Bears, and it's just marginally, but you still, I, I can't help but look at them side by side and just say, explain this to me. And of course it comes down to the quarterback. But, but again, explain to me why you know Justin Fields is better than Jordan Love. Because the only way you can do that is, is one of two or both. And that is, Jordan Love is garbage, or Justin Fields is great or both. And I don't know how you come to either of those conclusions, based on the information we currently have. And again, this this whole notion of, well, you went from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, how could you not regress? Well, because you're just focusing on the guy's name and not his actual output last year. I've already gone over the statistics on this show, but subpar is a fair description depending on the metric you're looking at.
1: Hey, Ryan, listen, I got another thing. You're talking about uh, all the painful losses we've had over the years, and we definitely have had them. Um, But... If you ask me, I know, right, Super Bowl or bus, whatever, yeah. I'm not like that because I don't want to be miserable all the time. Right. Uh, of course, I want a Super Bowl, but, you know, I want good seasons. And in order to have painful losses, you need to have good seasons. Right. So we're kind of privileged to have had those, if that makes any sense. Because, no, like, you know, when you're the Lions or the Bears and you're. 2-13, and, and you lose your last game of the season, you don't care anymore at that point. It's not painful. There's nothing painful happening. I mean, it sucks, but it's not painful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The way I see it, a lot of painful losses over the years, but that means that we've had a good team over the years. Um, and of, and I yeah, we've had some extra pain, like that Seattle game. Ooh, I still can't think about that one in the NFC Championship game because it just, we would have beat the Patriots that year. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, but anyway, uh yeah like we we've got to have the painful losses, and you know 31, 31 teams every year end in uh not 31 but you know the ones that make it the playoffs they all end in the painful loss um so yeah anyway that was it i'm rambling now go back go
3: no you're right i mean it's just again i, th- I think it's a spoiled mentality that we were entitled to win we should have won and it's Again, show me the data. I I went back and did it, and I came to the conclusion we should have won about three Super Bowls, between two and three. It was like 2.5 or 2.7 or something Super Bowls, um, based on looking at a 30-year span of Hall of Fame quarterback play and um, how often Hall of Fame quarterbacks win Super Bowls. And if the average is like once every 12, 13 years, then, yeah, we, we should have won between two and three. But this idea that you know we should have won all of these, we should have won five or six or seven or whatever—it's just nonsense. It's based on just making stuff up in your mind. Yeah, it would have been great to win, and and that's what, like you said, thirty-one teams and, and the playoff teams and everybody else—they all want to win. But feeling as though that we're somehow entitled to it above everybody else—well, that's that doesn't count. You know, all those teams that miss the playoffs, well, they don't count because they're garbage. We're better than them. And even all the other playoff teams we're better than them too we, we, we I, I deserve it somehow like what, what, what are you talking about and like many people have pointed out I think the Patriots have just completely skewed everybody's view of how things work that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in in like any sport ever <laughs> that just that just very rarely ever happens I mean even go back to like the the 90s bulls and how good they were they couldn't even touch what the Patriots did been a lot of dynasties throughout the i mean the packers back in the day and the steelers and cowboys and everything but it was it was never to the extent that the patriots as far as the championships go and the reality is all those years they won was just years that other teams did not you know over the 10 year stretch between what 2010 2020 well we only won the one super bowl yeah well patriots stole five of them so we only had like five chances Sucks when your window is the time when the Patriots just cannot be stopped. Fortunately, we didn't even get that far, so we didn't have to lose in the Super Bowl because you want to talk about pain. Jeez. But yeah, all all this stuff, I mean, all the different excuses about, well, if we would have had this then and if we would have had this then, that's every team in every single game that's ever been played. We lost because. Yes, of course, there's reasons you lost. There's always reasons when you lose. And the reason is never because you're so good. The reason you lose is because of deficiencies. Every single loss in the history of of sports ever is because of some deficiency. The Eagles lost in the Super Bowl. You think it's because they're so good? No, it's because they couldn't stop the Chiefs. That's a deficiency. Why couldn't they stop them? Why couldn't they cover them? Why couldn't they get to Mahomes? Why couldn't they do these things? All these dominant things all year long, this dominant defense, this unstoppable offense, why couldn't it do anything in the Super Bowl? We can piss and moan and cry and blame the GM, and if you had just done this, and what, eh, meh, 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 or just say it's freaking football, man. Every team has strengths and every team has weaknesses. But at the end of the day, when it's time to show up, you just shut your mouth, you go out, you play, and you do your best. And the Packers did not do their best. That's not debatable. They did not put their best foot forward when it mattered the most. And the teams we played did, and that's why it looks so embarrassing. Because we didn't just lose, we got annihilated. We got embarrassed and we got made to look like we didn't even belong out there because these these great players that have been doing great things all season long, just for whatever reason, stop being great. And again, we got to hear Bobby Tunyon talking about, well, we felt like we were frauds and we just didn't belong. We felt sad. Okay. That's a culture problem. That's a leadership problem. When when these guys don't believe that they actually belong in the NFL, that they don't belong in the playoffs. You win 13 games, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, and you go to the playoffs, and you're like, I don't know. I just don't feel good enough. In in Lambeau Field, number one seed in the NFC, at home, snowing outside. Oh, I just don't feel like we're good enough. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure T. Higgins would have fixed that. Anyways, you guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.